0: I went down in the river to pray, studying about that good old way, and who shall wear the robe and crown? Good Lord, show me the way. Oh, brothers, let's go down, let's go down,
1: come on. Hey everyone, and welcome back to this episode of Episcopal Youth Ministry in ATL. We are so excited for this episode I'm here with Ashley. I'm Matt, as always, and we have a very special guest, Presiding Bishop Michael Curry. How are you?
2: I'm doing fine. Great to be with you guys. Thanks for
1: showing up and taking time. Uh, you're here at Diocesan Council in the Diocese uh-huh. of Atlanta. How has your time in Atlanta been? What have you done? Oh, it's been a kick. Yeah. Last night I had Persian
2: food. Ooh. Never had that in my whole life. What is it was right good. Chicken, what did well, it's, it was chicken? But they eat in Persia. But, uh, <laughs> no. but uh, I had, lamb. <laughs> I had lamb. I had lamb and some great rice. And, nice. Oh, and, and wings. Now, I don't know if that was particularly Persian. Persian I mean, wings. But, uh, but wings and and a really hot sauce. That was really good.
0: Perfect.
2: Huh. I'm going to have to try that now. It's really good. Yeah. yeah. Your do bishop you, is really into it. Do you like trying different kinds of food? Not really. But no? <laughs> <laughs> In fact, I tried to talk your bishop out of the Persian, but he couldn't get another restaurant. And then it turned out it was a fantastic meal. Yeah. So that. sometimes you have to try something. It all works different. out in the end. It does. <laughs> oh, yeah.
1: So uh, we're just super appreciative to have you here. And uh, we're going to have a discussion about youth ministry. Great. Some questions. Um, and just, yeah, let's, let's get into it. Sure.
0: All right. Our first question, softball, maybe. Okay. What's the role of youth in our church both in the local parish and on the national scene?
2: You know, you know, to be honest, actually that's a really it's it's a serious question. Yeah. Because actually the role of youth is the role of any baptized disciple of Jesus. Mm-hmm. It is to be a follower of Jesus of Nazareth, to follow his teachings, emulating his example and to live in his spirit. That's really the role of youth or old folk. It it, and one of the things I've come to realize, it's taken me a while for this to dawn on me, what we want for young people is the same thing we want for all people, to really be followers of Jesus and, and to kitty it up um, and not take that seriously is to miss the boat. Um, I really do believe our young people, if they are followers of the way of Jesus, really learning from his teachings. I mean, look, the brother has something to say. (laughs) I mean, the brother knows something about life. And um, to really get into the teachings of Jesus and then how do I live them in my life? Um, how do we live it in the life of the world? Um, as well as to have fun and, and to enjoy um, and to learn the ways of worship and formation, but to actually help young people come in contact with Jesus of Nazareth. I just think that's important. Their role is no different than anybody else, no different than my role as hmm. presiding bishop. It is to follow in the footsteps of Jesus of Nazareth. There, this is a side note. There's, like, there's a, 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 a video on, well, I saw it on Facebook. Um, and it was uh, it, from Russia where a mother bear and her baby bear apparently were trying to climb this mountain. And it was an ice, or I mean, a snow cap. And so it was snow all the way up. It looked like it was almost straight up. And they were filming it from a helicopter. It wasn't the animal planet, but one of those kind of stations. And literally the two of them were having a hard time getting up the mountain. And the mother bear kept climbing. And she would slipped back and she kept climbing. Eventually she actually was able to get to the top of it. And her cub was trying to go up with her. You know, he saw Mama, so he's going to you know, go up where she was. And he, It really was. It's a scary film because you see this bear, this cub sliding down. And he really does slide down several times. The way the cub gets up the mountain, eventually he or she, I don't know, I couldn't tell from the, from the video. But eventually the cub started following in the tracks, in the footprints mm-hmm. of his mother. And and by following in her footprints, eventually he found his way up the mountain. That's what it's about, following Jesus. We want young people who are following in the footsteps. That's what Jesus meant when he said, follow me, and I will make you fish for people. To follow in the footsteps and in the way of Jesus of Nazareth in their lives, in their time, in their way, but following his way. And that makes all the difference in youth ministry or ministry in the church.
1: Yeah, and I think it's perspective as well, Mm -hmm. like in that sense, the idea that youth bring a different perspective to things, especially Mm -hmm. how does the church today communicate to today? Yeah, Um, yeah. And not to say that, uh, you know, Episcopal priests are (coughs) not plugged in, but... (laughs)
2: Well, I mean, I would
1: admit I'm not. (laughs) 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 But, you know, I think for a lot of kids, they struggle to figure out where their place is in the church because Mm -hmm. they don't know their voice yet. Right. Um, they're still discovering. And so I think it's the call of clergy in churches and youth leaders to constantly be saying, you have a perspective that's important mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. share mm-hmm. in this congregation. Mm-hmm. Um, whether that's to the outside world or just a fresh new take on sure. the gospel. Or not, not so much the fresh new take on the gospel, but just a fresh set of eyes or a fresh voice. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, we have to take them seriously. Because they, yeah. they're taking yep. it seriously. They, they, they are. Right. You, we just saw it downstairs with yeah. a really powerful uh, youth address from from a young girl who who gets it yep and brings you know i think we, we do we put youth at a, at a disadvantage by thinking that they're just cute and fun and energetic yeah, yeah. they're they're for real Involved you know in and, the
2: life of the church yeah for, in the whole life of the church, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Because, you know, ironically, I mean, we it's easy to forget. And I say this as an old parish priest. I mean, it's easy to forget that, that the intent of what we do in church community, everything from worship to potluck suppers to outreach ministries, all that, all that is part intended to be part of what it takes to form somebody yeah. as a follower or a disciple of Jesus. It's actually intended to be the work of formation in community. So... Young people and children need to be fully involved in the life of the community to participate in that ongoing work of formation. Um, anyway, that—that's uh, you are absolutely right. Yeah,
1: and and not just inside the church. We've heard you talk a lot about the revival movement mm-hmm. and revivals, and I mean, I think it's safe to say you know movements like happening, which is the high school, yep. uh, Das and retreat weekend, or new beginnings, which is the middle mm-hmm. school one, or even something like Vokari, which is the. College That's age, a college one. Yeah. Uh, um, I mean, in full disclosure, I'm the vice president of national Happening. So, are you really good I'm for e. you? Hoffered Thank you Happenings. for the, yeah. <laughs> But what what role does kind of the retreat weekend or the revival movement play or influence a young person's faith?
2: Uh, dramatically, I and mean, one of the things that I've learned over the years, um, both from my own experience personally, but also as a, a parish priest and then as a bishop is that those weekend experiences um, where you bring together young people from a variety of settings, a variety of church settings, um, whether it's happenings or... Um, actually, they have junior... In Honduras, it's kind of junior happenings and baby junior happenings. Yeah. And junior, I mean, they have happening for everybody. For, um, but those experiences, those which are usually weekend experiences and sometimes summer camp, that, those are... It's like Christianity in a concentrated dose. Mm-hmm. It's like Christianity concentrate and that has more influence over time because it builds, it becomes an accumulative effect. They learn some of the same songs. They learn some of the same Bible stories. They learn some of the ways of thinking about scripture, about faith. And over time, when you take young people who are having their own parish experience, whatever that is, and then you combine it with a wider diocesan experience and maybe provincial and church wide, you are actually helping them to experience Jesus Christ in the fullness of the body of Christ not just my local community, but I'm part of something bigger than myself, the whole church Catholic. That's, that's major. Um, part of the reason I'm a priest, in all honesty, was because when I was a kid, the Diocese of Western New York, where I was growing up, the home, Buffalo, you know, the home of the Buffalo Bills, um, who lost again last week, but that's <laughs> just what we do. Um, but, you know, part of it was we, had, we, didn't, have, we didn't have a camp and conference center there, Um, Mm -hmm. but we had youth programs that I I was, you know, in my local parish, but in the deanery and then the wider diocese, Um, and those actually were reinforcing what the local community was doing with us in a different way, and I still have friends that I knew, I'm 65 years old, and I still have friends that I'm in contact with from those days at various that we didn't have happening in those days but there were co- youth conferences and they would gather around and we would study and pray and it was the same kind of idea and same. My faith was formed by that. Um, it really was and those are just wonderful because they're fun and they're fun to learn at yeah. Um, yeah. and that makes the difference and it helps small congregations where they might have a, you know, you know, one or two kids you know, or very right. few kids to bring them together with other kids and it makes a difference it's a lot of work, yeah, but it's worth the work. Yeah. I got to tell you, I was in Honduras um, about a year ago, and we did revival there. And there was, a, you know, there's a lot build-up to that, and a lot of t- training and evangelism and all that kind of stuff that goes on. Um, and the youth in that diocese were very much involved in the planning and um, the, the revival service itself, which was just one part of the whole. It was a whole weekend of activities, but the revival service was. There were three thousand people there. Whew and um honestly it was you know there were some people a lot of people my age but most of the people that were there were either young adults or teenagers mm. or children yeah. out of 3000 mm. and the re- that that the re- that resulted from happening in various kinds of happening-like programs that it, that the diocese has been doing as well as local congregational ministries. And let me tell you the proof of the pudding. The young people who were involved in the planning of the revival said, we want the bishops to go out with us on um, street corner praying. And literally, we were out uh, they got us out on wow. a Sunday afternoon both uh, Bishop Lloyd Allen and myself and a whole bunch of us and we were praying with people in cars that wow. came from the young people that was not from the plan, adult planning wow. committee and we spent an afternoon doing witnessing on the street
0: wow.
2: because of young people that's what happening that's what formation programs that's what that nitty gritty work actually can do where their thing and they planned the whole thing we didn't plan, all we did was show up right and sweat in the sun <laughs> <laughs>
0: I'm thinking about and we've had this conversation a little bit about the bridge between those weekends and, and the the local parish. <clears throat> and I, I'm thinking maybe I'm about to give Easton some work to do, but um, figuring out how to how to everybody get on the same page with the same message so that we're all reinforcing the same thing and if I know anything about you I think that you might suggest that we go to scripture to get on the same page it's a good book
2: yeah <laughs> yeah. yeah I don't know if it's and, on the New York Times list but it's the best right.
0: <laughs> and so I'm thinking you know thinking about how we can get I mean we're we're broad we're 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 widespread over all of Georgia and there's a lot of Opinions and different types of churches instilling different ideals in kids mm. all over the country or all over the state and the country and the world. They go to one place in, in Georgia in Toccoa, and Tacoa mm. and we get them for one weekend. All of those different right. different kids from all kinds of different places for one weekend. Yeah, And then we teach them something, and it's got to get reinforced in the parish. And yeah. and I think the way that we can agree to do that is probably through Scripture and taking all mm-hmm. the personalities and I opinions right. and all that out of it.
2: Yeah. But I and, don't know and, what that
0: looks like, Easton. So good luck.
2: <laughs> I don't know, but it's probably. But but you're pro- Jesus will probably work.
0: Yeah, he's pretty I've heard good. That. He's, he's
2: pretty good at this. Yeah. and the gospels, the New Testament, the life of Jesus, the teachings of Jesus—something, you know, something that pulls—that's a common thread. Yeah, um, the gospels, are but, right. but to, to actually maybe take either whether it's a gospel or not, or whether it's. A series of stories and teachings from the life of Jesus, for example. I mean, that's yeah. something that's a common biblical thing that people could use in a variety right. of ways. But if it's the focus of the diocesan gatherings, then they would know that's what you're focusing on. Right. And, and you know, Episcopalians are incredibly independent. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, so.
1: and I think like that's the the core. Like, right. part of it needs to be finding the core of our faith. Yeah. I mean, we can sit here and squabble about what kind of wine do we want to use? Do we want to sit or stand? Do we want to wear cassocks or no? Do we want to do like, and and people make these issues that start to unravel the church. And for me, at least these weekends are about finding the core and planting yourself. Mm -hmm. And that core is Jesus spoiler alert. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) Right. So, I mean, that's what, you know, revival movements, you're reviving something, you're reviving the idea that Jesus is the core. Mm -hmm. And out of that core, nothing can unravel. Yeah. You know, that
0: port stand no
2: cassock there you go Those are my <laughs> port stand no cassock okay got it okay it took just me a if second we are squabbling there then I'll, I'll just
0: go ahead and set the record straight um all right let's move on to the next question how do you believe that we can encourage our young people to take up lay leadership and is it important that the youth are lay leaders in this church
2: yeah, I mean, I, I think b- both encouraging them and, and the clergy. I mean, I mean, I think that I mean, it does help to get the clergy on board. Yeah. Um and um, but, uh, for a variety of reasons, but it, but it does help to get the clergy on board, um and get them on board, um in terms of understanding that lay leadership is part of Christian spiritual formation. It is one of the ways that we form people as disciples of Jesus in community, um and so full participation in the life of the church. Um, I think is essential. I think it is absolutely critical, um, and and uh, so and and it's critical for this reason because it sends a signal to young people and to children that oh, I'm really baptized,
1: hmm.
2: and baptism is that is the entryway into the Christian life,
0: right.
2: um, and and ba- baptism means that I'm fully part of this community. And if they experience that, even if it's not said, that sends a subliminal message that this is obviously some place that's really important. And even if I don't have the words to, to explain it, I feel it and I know it. And maybe more importantly, I know I am valuable. I'm safe. That something about the holy means that it's a place where I am valued as a child of God. And I'm safe you have no idea what a powerful message that is well, I mean you know I mean especially in a world that's not safe right um, and in a world that doesn't value every person as a child as an equal child of God and for us to create that atmosphere in the church one way to send that signal is to fully involve young people and children in the fullness of the life of the church that's that's that means we take you seriously right we take you seriously, and we're not playing around. Now we're not doing games. When when you're in church, we 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 doing some serious stuff. This the Lord's house, and and we mean we mean take good care of the Lord's house. But um, we want you. You are a full member, a full part of this community of faith. Um, that is, I I just think that's a subliminal message that comes through participation, and sometimes to help clergy. To realize that's what's going. It's not just because we want. It's not like they're stacking the votes in the annual parish meeting. <laughs> I mean, I mean, the idea is this is part of them being formed in a very subtle way that sends a countercultural signal that you are of, as Dr. King had said, often said, you are of infinite metaphysical worth and value because you are a child of the King. Period. Now you can say that all day. <laughs> But if you experience it, as well as hearing it, you might come to believe it. And for young people, that makes all the difference in the world when you're going through the chaotic years of forming an identity and trying to figure out who you are and all that, you know, all that, to just have that at the center of who you are. That is a major piece of formation. And that gets reinforced by participation in the life of community. Um, so yeah so so to get clergy to see we're not just talking about we're not just because we're trying to like rah 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 young people right. or you know all that no we're talking about their formation right. real formation as it was saying in Ephesians um, into the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ that's what we want for our young people um, and if we don't want that then what are we doing right. I mean if that's not what we're about if their souls don't matter why are we bothering mm matter to god Mm -hmm. this is ultimate this is serious business and so i think to help us as clergy to realize that and how are ways that we reinforce that that i think most of us clergy would honor that i think yeah really and would honor help and how did we do it
0: i'm thinking about the other day when i was overhearing two kids one who's an acolyte one who's not sure if he wants to be an acolyte and the one who is an acolyte said to the other one well it makes the time go by faster in church (laughs) and i I didn't come back with anything that you just said i I just said yeah he's kind of right well (laughs) that's kind of a point
2: let me tell you something this is a true story when i was i was an acolyte when i was a kid i think i was like five years old or something like that and um because you had to learn the lord's prayer and the apostle creed Uh so i memorized the lord's prayer and apostle creed and got to got to be an acolyte and this was a pretty anglo-catholic parish and and um and so everybody, all the acolytes had jobs. And so you had the thurible and the thurifer, you know, the mm-hmm. incense. And then you had the boat where the incense was yeah. kept in. Well, I held the spoon that went <laughs> in, the, in the boat. And I remember as a kid, as an acolyte, when the sermon got boring, and it did get boring. I mean, in those days it did. Preaching's better in our church now. But in those days, especially in the Anglo-Catholic high church places, preaching wasn't that big a thing. So it was pretty much uh, boring. So if you're an acolyte, you know, you're fidgeting and looking. Well, there was this sign on the wall. Um, that was to Charles Henry Brandt, who had at one time been the Bishop of Western New York in Buffalo, uh, Bishop of Western New York, Buffalo, and at one time he had been the, uh, what is it, the chaplain to the missionary expedition to Europe, World War One, mm. And and then had been the missionary bishop to the Philippines. And I remember read that's what I would do when you, when you were bored <laughs> and the sermon was like, real. I would sit there and read that sign and just kind of, I, I remember doing it as a little kid. <laughs> Well, about a year and a half ago, I went as presiding bishop to Philippines. And when I got to the Philippines, I asked the—they called the presiding bishop the prime bishop—the prime bishop, I said, what does Charles Henry Brent mean here? Because I remember reading a sign about him as a kid, and he said he's probably the most beloved figure in the Episcopal Church of the Philippines. Because Brent went there as a missionary, um, and he went up into the mountains to the tribes that were headhunters, and and shared the Christian faith up there. And many of them are Episcopalians, and the descendants, the Episcopal Church of the Philippines, is the descendants are the descendants of those. He started a school, Saint Luke's School, started what's now called the Brent School, which is one of the leading um, Episcopal school, leading schools um, in the Philippines um, that has that educates Christians and Muslims together. Um, at Episcopal school. They said Charles Henry Brent is a hero in the Philippines to so the Episcopal Church. And I sat there as presiding bishop and I knew who he was because I was a five-year-old kid bored with the sermon reading that sign about Charles Henry Brent. So, huh. <laughs> you know, that's just, it's just amazing. It's just right. So get them, put them to work.
0: Okay. Let's do it. I
1: want to take a break and offer uh, a resource for the episode. And the resource for this episode is your book, The Power of Love. Oh, yeah. um, do you want to talk about it a little bit? Sure, sure. Yeah,
2: yeah. It's a great book. <laughs> Wonderful. I mean, oh yeah, ten out of ten. <laughs> I, uh, you 10 would recommend? I would <laughs> highly recommend. Yeah, it's a well. You know what? It, ha- it started as I mean, it, originally the publisher talked to me about just publishing the sermon I preached at the royal wedding, and then um, and so that was fine. So we were going to do that. It was just a matter of we had to combine what was the actual text that I had because it was a manuscript. And then the riffing that happened uh, from the manuscript, it's kind of like a musician with a musical score. You got the score, but then the musician can interpret it. Or in jazz, you riff off of it. And so we had to combine the riffing and the actual text to create the one that's in the book. So we, so I, I went off mining my business. They were working with with it and um, went to general convention. And I really did basically the talks I did at convention. I think there were three or four sermons I did at the convention. Um, one of which was the revival, were really picking up on the way of love and going deeper with it. And I was just kind of Because I only had, you know, seven or eight minutes or well, they gave me seven or yeah, eight I was minutes. Yeah, it's gonna say But anyway, <laughs> I had a limited off. Right. There's a little <laughs> definition, but right so so I didn't have as much time. You couldn't go but so deep. And so I at general convention I did go a little bit deeper in the where the publisher saw them and said, those take it A little bit left. They just go deeper into it. Um, One was at the revival service. One was at the beginning where I talked about the way of love um, and and spiritual practices that can actually help to nurture um, a life that loves like Jesus. Um, Anyway, so so actually it went deeper. There was one of the sermons was preached in front of the Hutto Detention Center for women Mm -hmm. um, who were immigrant women who had been separated from their children. Um, And we had service and prayer vigil there. And it was a sermon um, entitled Love Thy Neighbor. And it really goes into what does it mean to be an American? What does it mean to be a a country defined by the Statue of Liberty? That's what love thy neighbor as thyself looks like. So the sermons actually, those sermons actually went deeper. I wasn't thinking about a book, them being in the book. Long and short, we then did take those sermons and we had to recraft them and rework them for reading. um, And they're included in the book. And so it's, hopefully it's a helpful kind of practical it's a quick read it's not um, Brothers Karamazov I and mean, it's it's pretty short
0: they like it on the Today Show so it must be good. they do
1: like it they're, they're real sweet about it yeah so that's the resource for the episode sure. um, where they can get it and they can get Amazon um, uh, uh, anywhere books Avery Public Barnes and Noble
2: yeah I think it's out in the it's even in the bookstores physically in the book. Wow. I haven't seen it in the, but it's actually there apparently cool mm-hmm. nice
1: Um, You were talking earlier about, you know, youth and especially the world we're living in today, and how how do we as leaders or just adults or just people who are over the age of 18 now, Hmm. um, how do we help youth keep faith and love in such tough times? I mean, and we're coming off of yet another shooting. Yeah. Um, Tragedies, you know, on the West Coast and, and other places with destructions with fire and pain and political you know, talkings, how, how do we teach youth that love and faith are important, especially in this day and age, and when, when, when the world is just seemingly so insane and crazy at the moment?
2: Mm-hmm. Well, I, I, I know how we do it with people, and relationship is the key. I mean, relation, to be honest, relationships are the key to everything. You can have all the programs and all the organizational mm-hmm. charts you want, but if there aren't relationships that are at the core of it, it, it doesn't work. Um, and, and so relationship, that that that's number one. So that to have an ongoing, sustained relationship with young people, you know, whether that's formal or in a youth group and a youth advisor or whether that's informal or godparent, whatever that is to take those rela- the net nexus of relationships really seriously and to take them seriously enough to be in the ongoing conversation with them and that's where, that's where the, the, the real questions begin to emerge because if there's that ongoing relationship and it's, that relationship includes conversation Then the questions will emerge. Then, I mean, I I mean, I finally learned. I mean, young people will do this to you. You just you're talking about a football game, and all of a sudden something else comes into the conversation, (laughs) and you realize that's what they were thinking about all along. But they didn't start out. You know what I mean? That's just how it goes. So you got to be in the relationship and the conversation, which may start off over here, but what really matters once it's 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 like there's a point at which they feel comfortable or something, Mm -hmm. and and it comes out. So I think that's a critical thing, and it can be in a structured environment like a youth group or a structured environment like a Sunday school or Bible class or something like that or, or, or a godparent or, a, you know, just somebody, a coach. I mean, it really does. It happens in those ways. But the other thing I really am more and more convinced about is young people who are in church community. I really take seriously doing Bible studies with young people. Mm. I'm telling you. I mean, we don't need fancy. Ra- just take the Bible study in the newspaper. Put them together and talk about them. Yeah. What does one say to the other? And that, I think, really does, that will surface a lot of the stuff, especially if that's, um, it's almost a spiritual practice. It actually is, not almost, sure, it is yeah. a spiritual practice of reading scripture in light of the news or in light of what's going on in my life and the world around me and helping. That's how you, that's actually teaching a practice that is a practice for life. And how do you begin to interpret and make sense of life with guidance from the scriptures, with guidance from the teachings of Jesus, and working with life? And for you to be part of helping them to do that, I mean, I really do believe in the Bible and newspaper um, as a way of Bible study um, for young people. Actually, it's not just for young people, but anyway, but (laughs) but for young people. I think that spiritual practice, taking that seriously, and then helping young people figure out how to pray um, and, and how to how to pray beyond God bless Mommy, Daddy, and Fido. Right. You know, taking it the next steps. Um, you know, the ways of prayer, I and mean, the manifold ways of prayer, they, they actually are interesting. Now, sometimes prayer can get boring. I mean, don't you know, I, mean, I know that. I mean, I'm <laughs> no fool. I've done it. <laughs> Trust me. But, but there are ways of prayer that would be new to young people. Do we teach them, help them learn ways of meditation? Mm. Even if it's shorter, you know, it doesn't have to yeah. be, you know. But, I mean, different ways of prayer that have been... I mean, I'm, that's why I'm encouraging adults, the church, to engage different ways of prayer, ways of meditation, ways of reading scripture, ways of being in community, ways of... I mean, that's why that way of love and the website and the resources, that's what that's all about. Give our folk the tools. Give young people the tools. Let them figure out what works for them, I mean, you know, but what works... I think all of that put together is what helps us make Jesus real enough in our lives that he becomes the spiritual guide as we confront the craziness of this world. Because it's not going to get less crazy. It's always been crazy.
1: I mean, it actually (laughs) has.
2: Um, The difference is we just know it faster on the 24-hour news cycle. Mm -hmm. And so how do you navigate a crazy world um, with a life that makes some sense, or as much sense as you can make out of it, and one that's really defined ultimately by love, and these spiritual practices are what help us. That's actually what helps all of us do it. There's a story. A friend of mine, um, Michael Battle, who teaches. He teaches it general. Oh, yeah. do you, do you know, Michael. I grew you? up
0: in Swanee. He was there for a while. So. Oh, I'm that's sure.
2: right. He was at Swanee. Mm-hmm. For, that's right. Michael. He. He. Um, he's a. He's a theologian. Um, I guess by his training. Um, but he um, did his doctoral dissertation on Desmond Tutu and the theology of reconciliation. And he published a book um, 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 that has reconciliation in the title. But he spent, I, I want to say, two years with Tutu in South Africa. In the latter days, apartheid was winding down. But this is probably around the time when Nelson, yeah, a little bit before Mandela got out of prison. But so the, the apartheid struggle was, the country was beginning to try to jail um anyway, and uh, tutu he was with Tutu um and just lived at the at uh Bishop's place and um I, I remember him telling the story of, of one time Tutu said morning prayer every day um and he would be in the chapel and he'd you know read morning prayer um and this one time he they had started morning prayer and they and the guards or somebody came in and said we need you they need you in some township some place uh, because riots had broken out, the police had done something, and so they so they stop morning prayer kind of at one of the psalms, and they jump in the car, and the police officers are driving them to wherever they had to go. While they're driving, Tutu opens a prayer book and continues reading the psalms, and they continue with the psalms. They 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 get to wherever they're going, and they stop. Midway through one of the lessons, and they jump out, and Tutu, whatever he does, he actually calms this riot that was about to break out, and he calms it down, and and gets people to kind of cool and chill a little bit, and gets that settled down. Then they get back in the car, and then they start reading the rest of the Canticle and going through morning prayer. They go somewhere else. He stops another riot. Then they get back in the car and do the Apostles' Creed, and then he go. And he said it literally went on like this throughout the day. (laughs) That's how the spiritual practice which brings you into contact with God, sometimes even when you're not paying attention, and sometimes when you're bored stiff. But that spiritual practice kept him in contact with God enough that he could find a way to be a peaceful presence in a warlike atmosphere. Because none of us has the power on our own to do that. And it's these practices of meditation, of prayer, of ritual, (laughs) all those things That are already in the Christian toolkit. We just need to bring them together so people can use them. Put it in their toolbox. That actually help people navigate crazy situations. The world is crazy. But it's always been crazy. And you know what? I don't want to go anywhere else. So how do you live a non-crazy life in a crazy world? And I really do. Spiritual practices that help us to follow Jesus for real and to lead a, a loving life they actually can help us do it and the good thing is they've already been field tested <laughs> <laughs> Moses was using them on Mount Sinai yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah I'm thinking about the newspaper and scripture and we'd have to probably spend a whole day on Sunday teaching them what a newspaper is. Well, yeah, you're yeah, right. You have <laughs> the, well, whatever the It'd be equipment. Good. For It'd it is. be
2: good for uh, them. It's yeah. good for them. They should right. get
0: some ink on their hands. That's, That's right. right. That's That's right. Good. What is this again? Right.
1: I mean, even now, like I downloaded an app a few days ago on my phone and every morning it's like, if you want to read the Bible in two years, you right. want to spend 30 days yeah. with minor prophets? Right. Yeah. Uh, okay, right. So, I mean, I think there are ways to do that. Sure there yeah. are. You know, Hip without. ways to do yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah,
0: that would be interesting. It yeah. would keep it alive. So, at the end of the day, I wonder if you could do this in, in like one or three words. What's the youth minister's job?
2: Show them Jesus. I'll take it. Show them Jesus. I got in the pulpit last weekend to preach at the consecration of a bishop. And we were in a Presbyterian church, and which was big enough you know mm. for a thousand people or however many there and I hadn't gotten in the pulpit to try it before the service so i didn't know what was in there and I walked into the pulpit and written right so only the preacher could see it, written were the words, "Sir, we would see Jesus
1: hmm.
2: which is the words from john 's gospel. remember when the Greeks came, we would see Jesus." Show them Jesus, youth ministers. Show them Jesus. No spiritual, it's no spiritual that uh, I can't, I won't sing it, I won't torture you. But, <laughs> but it goes, You can have all this world, just give me Jesus.
0: Yeah.
2: Give me Jesus.
1: And I think building off of that, I mean, you've preached a lot about the way of love. Yeah. Um, and I think that's such a powerful message. I mean, we were just talking about how powerful that message is. Uh-huh. And so, how can we as youth leaders and and youth live into that message. I mean, is it is it drawing the circle wider? Is it mm-hmm. you know daily or weekly attendance at church, maybe daily attendance. Mm-hmm. Um, but how you know what what is that package of, of the way of love look like?
2: When you say what is that package, you mean what are the elements of formation that yeah. make that happen? Yeah. Well I do think um, various spiritual practices of which actually worship in community is one of them. And I have to admit, I think I'm beginning to figure out why why we need to worship and why that's built in as at least weekly, um, somewhere where it's finally dawned on me. Cause I, I've, and this is a side note, but one of the things that's hit me in the last couple of years is that the opposite of sin is not hate. I mean, the opposite of love is not hate. The opposite of love is selfishness. Mm-hmm. Um, and think back, you know, all those old patristic, you know, the ancient fathers and mothers who talked about, um, the essence of sin, they use the word hubris, which is a false self-pride. It's not authentic self-esteem. It's a false self-pride that makes the self the center of the universe and everybody else at the periphery, including God. And when that happens, when, when you live like that, then why do you care about the environment? It's, here, it's just here for me. Why do I care about anybody else? Because it's all about me. That that selfishness, that so unhealthy self centeredness, what uh, Reinhold Niebuhr called it, an inordinate self-pride. Um, that is the essence of sin. That's what it is. And that's the opposite of love. Love is the opposite of that self-centered existence. It is a selfless existence that the miracle is you discover your real self when you live that way. Who would save his life, will lose it. Whoever would lose his life for my sake will find it. I mean, that's Jesus talking. That's what he's getting at. I've realized why I have to go get up, if possible, get up and get out of my bed and go to church on Sunday. Because I got to get over myself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I have to, you see what I mean? It's not all about me, it's about God. I've got to go to worship God. I've got to, like, kind of break my routine instead of staying home and being, doing what I want to do. Go and be at worship. Um, and this, the mere act of actually getting up and leaving home or leaving whatever it is I want to do and going to church I mean you think about going to church and like that. no that's actually a spiritual practice of leaving self as the center and going to some place where God is at the center of this place um, and for us in the Episcopal church we make that plain when we stand up and the gospel is read and in some churches when it's read a procession takes the gospel book from the altar or from an ambo or from a lectern or something and walks it down to the center of the nave, to the center of the congregation. And the whole room turns around to where that gospel is being read because Jesus is the center of our lives. And that is a reminder that I don't get at home by myself. I I've think, forgotten what your question was, but yeah, I mean, that's, anyway, that's, anyways, that, that, an answer. It's, that's to a, a perfect
1: message that Jesus is the center, the core. Yeah. Um, I think that's a perfect message to end on. Um, thank you so much for taking the time. Where are you doing after this? Are you taking a break, vacation, no, <laughs> going no, somewhere not else, <laughs> else nothing. I'm going yep. nope. uh,
2: to fly back, um, go catch a flight at the airport, and then I'll fly to Raleigh, go home just for the night. And um, just kind of swap my clothes out, and then I'll catch a plane tomorrow afternoon and fly up to Baltimore, and then I'll be there for um, a series of committees and that kind of thing, and then I'll go from there to New York. And I'll be in New York overnight and then I'll go to Long Island and be with the Diocese of Long Island for the whole weekend. And be you know, like I was here and be with them for their weekend for their convention and then then I'll leave from there and then I'll fly back to Raleigh, North Carolina. I'll be home for the whole week. Yeah, <laughs> Thanksgiving to eat some turkey and gain weight and yeah. join Weight <laughs> Watchers again and you know I mean, <laughs> <laughs> it's just sort of all the routine. Yeah, you <laughs>
0: good well thank you so much it's been a real joy to have you
2: with us well thank you all and thank you to every youth minister um every one of you because what you do this is God's work this is God's work and and it is so important uh, because every one of our youth every one of our children they're baptized disciples of Jesus and they matter And we all matter. We are all of infinite metaphysical value to God. And that matters. So thank you for tending those souls.
1: Well, thank you. And uh, a quick shout out to our sponsor, Forma, who supports us. Um, And would you close the episode with a prayer? Sure.
2: Gracious and loving God, we thank you for giving us challenges that call forth the best from us. We thank you for these youth ministers. We thank you for these youth. We ask that you will help us to help us all to see Jesus, to see and to know his love and to be witnesses to that love in your world. And may your blessing, the blessing of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, be on each one of us and all whose lives we touch. This day, this night, and forever. Amen. Amen.
1: Amen. Oh, sinners, let's go down, let's go down, come on down. Oh,
0: sinners, let's go down,
2: down in the river to pray.
0: As I went down in the river to pray, studying about that good old way, and who shall wear. The robe and crown, good Lord, show me the way.